Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zen Dependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I hope you enjoy this episode. If you're interested in more content like this and podcasts in the future, stay tuned to Zen Dependently Minded because it's only going to get better from here. The world is in our hands. Let's do something with it. Sorry for the extended distance uh, time away from podcasts. It's been about nine days and I made a goal when I started this podcast to do at the minimum one episode per week. Um, and I went a little over that time, but I was just really busy and I wanted to take a little bit of a break. But anyways, thank you again to everybody for tuning in. Make sure you tune in and share on all my podcast platforms that are that this podcast is available on. Um, one that I just added recently, uh, I added the podcast to BitChute because YouTube's terms and services are getting a little shady, a little shaky. So I decided to go to BitChute. Um, taking some advice from another fellow YouTuber of mine. Um, but that being said, thank you to everybody for tuning in to Zendependently Minded. I'm approaching about 1,000 total listens over the past 25 or so episodes, so thank you to everybody who's been sharing and listening. Um, on this episode of MMA Minded, number 8, I'm going to talk about 10 matches that I need to see in MMA, uh, more specifically the UFC, in the year 2020. So starting off with number 10 is uh, a fight between two fighters that I don't, I'm not, I can't say that I'm a huge fan of either fighter, um, but I would like to see them fight because they are two talented guys um, in the lightweight division and I feel like it would really shape and shake up the top five and um, it would be a good eliminator to see who is next to try to get that 155 strap. And so number 10, my matchup is going to be Kevin Lee versus Justin Gaethje. Like I said, not a big fan of Justin Gaethje. I've said it in the past. Kevin Lee, on the other hand, I'm starting to like him more, especially with his last win over Gregor Gillespie. And I'm not jumping on the bandwagon for Kevin Lee because he won. It's because he changed his demeanor when he won. He went to go train with George St. Pierre. Uh, Faraz Sahabi is his new head trainer. Um, anybody who goes to Faraz Sahabi is a smart person with a good head on their shoulders, and I'm happy to see Kevin Lee get back on the winning track, and I think that this is a good move for him, especially if he stays here in the future. He's talked about possibly moving to Canada so he could just train up there and live there permanently, but that is a big move, so let's hope that he can keep his winning ways, and I think it would be a great fight between him and Justin Gaethje. They're both good wrestlers, both good strikers, both have lots of good lots of power and I think both of them could pose an equal amount of trouble for whoever is at the top whoever is champion I think they could win on any given day so my number 10 spot Kevin Lee versus Justin Gaethje my number nine pick is Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker so when Dan Hooker won his last bout against Ally Quinta actually fighting in the undercard of UFC 243 I believe um, he dominated Ally Quinta, who is not a pushover. Um, I don't think he's, you know, like a top five lightweight, but he's definitely not a pushover, and he dominated him. I think he won every second of that fight. And in uh, in his post-fight press, or his post-fight interview in the Octagon, he actually called out Dustin Poirier, and I think this would be an interesting bout. Because um, if Dustin plans on winning... Um, and getting back to his winning ways and getting back to 
trying to win a championship, I think that he's going to need to face another top 15 guy. Uh, definitely Dan Hooker is um, on the rise. He's He has a fight coming up with Paul Felder, and I definitely think Dan Hooker has the edge on that one. I give him the edge in that fight. But I want Dustin to fight some more wrestling-heavy guys. Um, Dan Hooker's a very well-rounded guy, but his wrestling is kind of suffocating, like as you could see in his ally Quinto fight. So I'd like to see Dustin fight Dan Hooker. I think there's there could be a little bit of a fierce rivalry there, and I just want to see Dustin fight anybody because he's coming off an injury and he's starting to recover. I saw on his Twitter and his Instagram, he's starting to get back into the groove of things in the gym. So hopefully we see Dustin Poirier come back and maybe it'll be against Dan Hooker. All right, number eight, I have about that pretty much everyone wants to see. Um, that's Conor McGregor versus Justin Gaethje. Uh, like I said, Justin Gaethje was already on another part of this list. Um, Connor's going to actually be on a few of these. going to be a three of them, actually. But I want Connor and Justin to settle their beef. Um, Connor hasn't really fed into the negativity and the negative energy of Justin Gaethje and his hating ways. But I know he wants a fight. Anybody who talks trash on Connor McGregor, is, it's a possibility that Connor will want to fight him. Um, there were even talks in the past of Connor fighting. Tyron Woodley, which I would not want to see that because Tyron Woodley is obviously 170 pounder and Connor can make that weight, but I feel like he would just out wrestle him and um, wouldn't stand too good of a chance against him. But Connor and Justin Gaethje, they have some serious beef. Justin Gaethje's been practically begging for this fight. He's been begging for any fight because he's like the ugly stepsister in the top five lightweight ranking because he doesn't have a spot but I think this would be a good all-around match it'd be a stand-up match um I don't think Justin Gaethje's chin would hold up for Conor McGregor but then on the other hand Justin Gaethje's power is very scary we saw what we what he did to Donald Cerrone and every single opponent he's fought he's knocked out so I think it would be a test of cardio test of wills and I think it would be probably contender for fight of the year if it was to ever be announced that I would the over under for that would probably be for uh, fighter fight of the year, but let's hope that that fight even comes into existence. Dana White, where you at? All right, coming down to number seven, I have one that's been talked about before, and it's actually been booked before, and that's Colby Covington and Tyron Woodley. So Colby Covington and Tyron Woodley have just come off losses against Kamara Usman, but both in different fashions. Um, not a lot of people expected the Tyron Woodley and Kamaru Usman fight to be as dominant um, of a victory for Usman as as it was. Um, on the other hand, Colby Covington really stood his ground and um, was one of the best matches I've seen this year. Um, he came away with a loss, though. He got his jaw broken, got knocked out with 50 seconds left in the fifth round. But that's just a testament to Kamaru Usman's underrated striking. He's a very dedicated he's dedicated to sticking to the game plan and being very tactical with his striking and Colby is more chaotic hence the nickname chaos um that being said it'd be a classic wrestler versus wrestler but I don't think um Tyron Woodley's wrestling could handle Colby Covington I don't think it would neutralize Colby Covington's wrestling nor would he be able to stand the onslaught of Colby's very good cardio and very good endurance and pace that he pushes in all of his fights, including against Kamaru Usman, who had 
previously never lost a round. So that's a... it's another impressive thing that Colby Covington did, and let's hope that Colby stays in the UFC because he is a damn good fighter. He's got a lot of heart. Um, he's got a tough chin. He took a lot of shots, but the last two really, really um, put him put the nail in the coffin for that loss. But Colby Covington versus Tyron Woodley, number seven. Coming down to number six, it's a little bit of a vague one, but I just want John Jones to fight any heavyweight. I want to see how. Um, the so-called goat in people's eyes. Not in my eyes. I think he's the greatest light heavyweight fighter of all time, but he will never be the goat in my eyes because there's another guy named George St. Pierre who exists. And as long as GSP is not doesn't get snapped away by Thanos, and uh, his history isn't completely dis doesn't di- as long as it doesn't disappear, then John Jones will never be the goat. I think George St. Pierre is. But anyways, I just want to see how John Jones fares against heavier bigger, um, kind of more powerful opponents up a heavyweight. I know he's been talking about and teasing moving to heavyweight, fighting Stipe for the heavyweight um, belt and then becoming a champ champ. Um, I know the light heavyweight division is probably the least talented division in the UFC. There's not a lot of hopes there for John Jones. There's just um, Dominic Reyes who um, is going to fight John Jones in March or February, I believe. So we're going to have to see how that goes, but I just want to see John Jones fight any heavyweight, and I think that he would fare well there. I think he's a perfect build for light heavyweight and heavyweight. So hopefully we see that in the future. I think we will um, sometime next year, maybe late next year in the fall, possibly. Moving on to number five, I have Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa. So these two have beef. They're both undefeated in the middleweight division. Um, Israel Adesanya obviously holds the belt. Paulo Costa just came off of a decisive, controversial win over, um, what's his name? Uh, that big Cuban dude, uh, Yoel Romero. So they have beef. They've been shouting at each other. They've talked trash to each other backstage, um, keep calling each other out. I think that it, that would be a really good match. It'd be two undefeated guys. One has the belt and one doesn't. Um, but I would give Israel Adesanya the advantage there because Paulo Costa was dropped and almost finished by Yoro Romero. Um, and I just think Israel Adesanya is too crafty, and I think that he would be able to beat Paulo Costa on that, but that's my number five pick. Coming down to number four, um, I have Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier too. So they fought in the past, Conor and Dustin. They fought down at featherweight. Conor knocked Dustin Poirier out in a minute and a half, and I think a lot has changed. Both fighters have improved a lot, but Dustin has been far more active than Connor. Obviously, he fought three times since Connor's last fought in the UFC. So, I I would just like to see those two rematch. They have a little bit of bad blood. Uh, Connor didn't take lightly to Dustin picking Tony Ferguson over him to be the next guy in line to challenge Khabib, but I think Dustin was right. Connor needs to stay active and he needs to start beating people if he wants to fight Khabib again. But if we get the best Connor McGregor we've ever seen back, the one who fought Eddie Alvarez and the one who destroyed Jose Aldo in 13 seconds, I think he can beat anybody, including Khabib. So, Connor McGregor and Dustin Poirier, too. I would love to see that rematch. Make it happen, Dana White. Coming down to the top three. Number three, I have Jorge Masvidal and Kamara Usman. So, um, when Jorge Masvidal started to 
really surge in popularity this year. I wasn't a big fan because I've seen him knock out um, a rushed Darren Till and Ben Askren. He got really lucky with that knockout. That's how I used to see it, but I really started to pay attention to Jorge Masvidal. And I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon and say I'm a huge fan, but he's definitely an underrated fighter. He's got superb boxing. He's got good enough wrestling to be able to handle anybody at any given day. Um, and I think he has enough power to put away anybody, even going up to the middleweight division. So him and uh, Jorge and Kamaru Usman, they have beef. They don't like each other. The whole welterweight division, they all have beef with each other. They all want to fight each other. It's kind of exciting because the welterweight division has a lot of talent. A lot of guys want to take each other's heads off. And I think that this would be a great match. It would sell a lot of pay-per-views because of how good Jorge Masvidal um, is on the feet. How good Kamaru Usman proved to be on the feet. And just how popular Jorge Masvidal has grown in this past year. The only problem is, um, I would be rooting for Jorge. I just... Not sure if his wrestling would be able to survive Kamar Usman's kind of suffocate you on the cage and break at your body until you are uh, too tired and too slow, and then he'll put you away. Uh, that's what we saw him do to Colby Covington. It was a very smart game plan, but I'm not sure if it would work with Jorge. Jorge has too much power, and I would hope to see him put Kamar Usman away and become champion. So coming down to number two, I have one that pretty much any fan of the UFC uh, wants to see, and that's Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz 3. I don't know what else there is to say about this match. Um, both of these guys need a win. Um, I mean, I guess Nate Diaz doesn't need one as much. He just beat Anthony Pettis uh, at the beginning of the year, or uh, the middle of the year is around summertime, around spring. But nonetheless... Everyone wants to see a trilogy, the trilogy be finished with Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz. Um, and I think that we're going to get it. Seeing Conor McGregor staying at welterweight or, or going to welterweight to fight Donald Cerrone sets up a lot of future matches for him. Sets one up um, possibly with Kamara Usman, I think is a horrible idea. I don't want to see my boy get smashed by Kamara Usman. The dude is too big. He is too big and his wrestling is too much um it's a possible setting up setting up a possible match with jorge setting up one with nate diaz obviously i just i would love to see connor and nate duke it out again they both each have a win um and i would just like to see how much each fighter has improved since they last fought each other um but specifically against each other of course because we've seen connor fight Two other guys since he beat Nate Diaz. And we've seen Nate Diaz fight a few other guys since he's fought two guys since Connor. So it would be nice to see um, them rematch. They're both one and one since they last fought each other. So we'll have to hope and pray that Dana White, Connor, and Nate agree to a third fight. Um, but that's going to wrap up my number two one spot and my top spot for matches that I need to see. It's another vague one, but. I need to see George St. Pierre come back. I don't care who it is against. George St. Pierre can fight that old man in the bar that Connor punched. I don't care. I want to see GSP fight someone. Whether it's Tyron Woodley, Kamaru Usman, Connor McGregor, Khabib. Um, I'm favoring a Khabib-GSP match because I definitely think that GSP would be able to beat Khabib. He's not the only guy, but I think that he would be because his striking is perfect. His wrestling is perfect. His takedowns 
perfect. Takedown defense, near perfect. Submission game, great. I think that GSP holds possibly the second or first best chance at anybody beating Khabib and dismantling him and adding that one loss to his undefeated, unblemished record. But, so for the three people I think GSP should fight, like if he was to come back and have one more match next year, obviously number one's going to be against Khabib. I think the second one could be against Kamara Usman. And the third one, I feel like he could just... He could just fight anybody. He could come back. He could fight Conor McGregor if they wanted to. They could uh, have a. He could have a catch weight fight at 165 with Jorge Masvidal. I don't care. I just want GSP to come back. But so that's gonna end my top 10 matches I need to see for the UFC in 2020. Let me know what you guys think. Um, message me or comment. Let me know who you want to see fight in 2020.